You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Gilseth. It is Tuesday, September 17th. It is. It is. It's been a, an, an exciting morning. Check it. it <laughs> oh, you have... Oh, boy, I haven't heard all the stories yet. Yeah, so don't need coffee when there's a fire drill because no. you're wide awake from that. But even before that, uh, <laughs> on my way to work out this morning, had a flat tire, so oh, got my man. workout change in a flat tire this morning. It's a good Tuesday morning. I made so, my favorite lunch today. I don't know if that's exciting to anybody, <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> we, we have two really good things on deck today. I am really intrigued by this summit that's coming up at Concordia University, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get to check in with the, the dean of uh, the Battery. School of Business at Concordia University, Wisconsin, just a moment to learn more about this upcoming summit. I've never heard of one like this, and Mm -hmm. it's just really intriguing. So excited to dig into that and really grateful for the opportunity. And we're going to take a look at the September issue of The Lutheran Witness Mm -hmm. with the uh, managing, the (laughs) interim managing editor of Lutheran Witness. We'll talk with Kevin Arbrist in a little bit. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting the Coffee Hour as our underwriter. You can find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Something really cool going on there this week. Dr. Dan Samdeen of the Batterman School of Business at Concordia University, Wisconsin, joining us this morning to share with us about the Liberty, Virtue, and Economics Summit coming up at Concordia University, Wisconsin. Dr. Sam, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. Oh, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. How can the the, the promo or like the the the, um, the poster for the uh, the event shared some things about liberty, virtue, and economics, and posed some questions? Uh, how can business and free markets be a positive force for addressing social needs? That was the one that that really stood out <laughs> to me. And I, Dr. Sam, can can you uh, dig into that for us? How can business and free markets be a positive force for addressing social needs? Yeah, I, I suppose maybe that sounds like a contradiction to some people, but um, for me, as dean of the School of Business at a, a Lutheran faith-based institution, I need to reconcile that, right? I mean, how we are all about serving Christ in the church and the world. That's our mission, and yet we are a business school, and business at some level is about, you know, making profit. But uh, as, as you think about, as I think about, you know, the foundation of free markets coming from Adam Smith, who was sort of the father of free markets and economics. You know, a lot of people don't realize or forget that Adam Smith talked and wrote first about morality. And uh, I think his assumption in, in, in the idea that free markets would work is, is assuming that we're all moral actors. And, you know, as, as we all know, one, one, one of the best paths to morality is, is, is our Christian faith as taught in the Bible. So I think, and if you look at... Um, the growth and prosperity in the world there there are certainly disparities and problems that need to be addressed um and and many bad actors but the prosperity of the world and and gdp overall and the wealth per individual has grown really exponentially over the last 200 years since uh, and and largely in countries that have um uh uh, business and markets at play Uh, somebody who's written uh, uh, really wonderfully on this topic is John Mackey, who's the CEO of Conscious Capitalism. And, and what he touches on and so many other people touch on is you really, in the long run, do better in business if you're if you're operating from, he wouldn't maybe say moral, but, but ethical and, and a foundation of integrity where you really compassionately care about all of your stakeholders, whether those are your customers or whether those are your suppliers. And he just makes a solid case for that. That's been my experience as well. I, I tell my students, you know, if, if, if you live by our Christian values and what the Bible teaches, you're actually going to do better in business. 
And Adam Smith talked about, you know, people, uh, everybody sort of hones in on the idea that we're all sort of selfish actors, that we're all acting in our own self-interest. Even Adam Smith would say our self-interest is to serve others. Um, you know, this is not so much a biblical perspective, but it is true that if you're kind and compassionate and serve others, they're going to want to reciprocate for you. Um, and if you're going to sell products and services, you have to see what people really need to address those needs. So, so I think uh, it is the better way to do business. People that act with integrity are, are going to do better in business, and that's what we try to teach. And, and this whole conference is about exploring that concept, which I think goes against what the general public thinks. I think most public people in the public think business is all about profit maximization, and there are a lot of bad actors, and we hear all kinds of bad examples like Enron and, and so on and WorldCom. Uh, and, and I would argue that those people were, you know, amoral actors from the get-go. Uh, they were not sort of in the vision of, of what Adam Smith intended. And in the end, they did not succeed in, in the business world. So that's uh, in a nutshell. But we're going to have a day and a half to talk about this. So I, I hope people can come. <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting that, that uh, there's so many so many things to, to, to dig into in the next Eight, five minutes. Um, it's right. interesting that, that you bring up this uh, this idea of of understanding the people um, and understanding the the people and your consumers make for better um, better business because you're actually meeting people's needs. Is that um, is that a, a new trend? I seem to be to, to be seeing it more um, in in my pursuits outside of KFUO. Um, but yeah. is that a trend or is that is that something that kind of has, has been on the back burner that, that's uh, that's coming back? I have like five hours worth of questions. I know there's so much now with Dr. Sem. <laughs> Let me talk really fast. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is a trend and a lot of people are critical of the millennials. But I, I think one <laughs> one nice thing about the millennials is is they care about a more holistic view of the world. They want to sort of everything they do. They want to be have it have some positive impact in the world. And I think. You see a lot of companies, and it started, you know, a while back with uh, 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 Ben and Jerry's ice cream with philanthropic purposes, and then Patagonia and, and Tom's shoes. But you know, now when when consumers buy products, a lot of times they're thinking not just about the product, but is this a company that acts with integrity and and and, and in some cases, if it have the same values as me, Christian values. You're buying that too, and you're supporting that. You you care about whether they abuse people in their supply chain, and they have workers who aren't treated fairly, and how do they treat their employees, and what's the corporate culture, and corporate social responsibility? How do they treat the environment? Are they good stewards for God's creation, in terms of how they pollute and and things like that? So I think people care a lot more about that than they used to, and I think we're blessed in in the U.S. with with enough wealth where where we can afford to pay a little bit extra to, to be able to support these kind of uh, uh, concerns in the products we buy. So I, I think, and that's a wonderful thing I think about the younger generation that I deal with is, is they care more, they care more about these things. It's not just about uh, making money and profit. Um, I do say in business, you have to make money and profit. Otherwise you can't sustain the good that you'd like to do as part of your, your corporate mission. Mm. <laughs> I just they care about the whole thing. I think. Yeah. Not too long ago, read subscribed by uh, Tian Zhu, and it's this the concept that uh, what we're doing with data, like Internet of Things and all these other things that are gathering data, and how they're using that, how companies are using that to serve their company, their their customers, uh, to better serve them. Now, the, that raises the question: 
what do we do with that data? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it is it for good or is it for uh, selfish gain as well? And, and so that right. leads to the question, uh, how will the summit that's coming up, what, Thursday this week at Concordia University, Wisconsin, how, how will the summit address the relationship between liberty and virtue in economics and business? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. And, and I've heard it said that, that liberty, which you could say is freedom of personal choice, uh, is, is really empty without virtue. So uh, it's wonderful to be free, and, and we see many examples in the world where people are not free, and, and there's a lot of struggles right now going on between Hong Kong and China just mm-hmm. about that whole concept of liberty and freedom. But we can do good and we can do bad with the freedom that we have, and so that's you know partly our fallen nature, I, I believe. But um, I, I think that um, if, you, if you try to act in a virtuous way, that the liberty will end up serving the world and society better. But you, you can look at, uh, uh, I always sort of wonder, is, is freedom and liberty always the best thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess if you think about it, if, if, it's a, if it's a society where there's a lot of um, hatred and disruption and things like that, yeah, you sort of have to wonder, is, is it working or not? If, if there are groups of people that hate each other and want to kill each other, um, as sometimes is the case, I'm not 100% sure, but I am sure that if, on average, society is comprised of people who are trying to be virtuous, it sort of averages out that we end up with with positive growth in in a good direction. And I don't don't know from a sort of spiritual theological perspective that even though we're all sort of fallen creatures, if you average out our behavior, if we're virtuous on average, societies move in a positive direction. And I think even in the U.S., we have many ups and downs and struggles our vector is moving in a good direction overall because I think for many years we've been a virtuous society with a moral Christian foundation. I, I sure hope you don't lose that. <laughs> I'm not sure if I answered your question. I feel like I sort of veered <laughs> off from <somewhere. laughs> I don't remember what your question was. But anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> I went on some sort of It's a life-changing question. <laughs> uh, so, uh, there, uh, there's so many things. So many things. Um, who, are, who are some of the speakers and, and some of the topics uh, that people will be able to hear about and, and, uh, and dig into yeah. uh, at this at this. So um, sort of at a high level, we have three main topics. So Thursday afternoon, the first session is on how entrepreneurial and capitalism can address poverty with dignity. And by dignity, I mean valuing the human person and, and they themselves working to solve problems in the world rather than a reliance and a deference to government. Not that I'm opposed to government, but it's just we, if somebody else is helping others and we're not, that's not as good a solution as if we are. So. So how can empowering people be a solution to poverty? And the keynote there is going to be uh, Reverend uh, Robert Sirico, who founded the Acton Institute, which is really all about this topic, and it's been around for 20-plus years. And then we, as part of that session, we have Ishmael Hernandez, who wrote a great book called Not Tragically Colored. He grew up a socialist who hated America and wanted nothing more than to destroy us, and he was wanting to be part of the revolutionary movement in, in Puerto Rico uh, with the Sandinistas and so on, and until that fell apart. And somehow he ended up coming to the U.S. And because he's a hardworking, very intelligent man, he was given all these great opportunities by people that he more or less hated. And he was coming to grips with the fact that maybe America is not what I imagined it to be. Maybe them rewarding and empowering people like me is is a good thing and now he's a huge advocate for 
free markets to address poverty in the inner city, especially for underserved populations and people of color. And he's just such a great storyteller. And he is a person who lived it. Uh, and then we're going to talk about Concordia's own efforts to train entrepreneurs in the inner city. The second session is about tariffs and free trade. There should be a lot of uh, sparks flying for that one. <laughs> we have economists on both sides of that issue. And, the, and more, tariffs are more or less, should there be constraints on, on free trade? Although you could argue whether or not we really have free trade. So, uh, And then the final session is about the biblical moral foundations for business and free markets. So we have some really uh, nationally recognized speakers, Dr. Sam Gregg, Dr. Chris Armstrong, and, and Rathbone Bradley. Anne's going to talk about a biblical answer to poverty. Liberty, so Virtue, Liberty yeah. Virtue and Economic Summit at Concordia University, Wisconsin, coming up this Thursday. How can uh, we register for the event and, and, and find out more? Go to cuw.edu forward slash LVE Summit. LVE is for Liberty Virtue Economics. Outstanding. We'll share that link with the program notes today. Mm -hmm. Dr. Dan Samdina of the Batterman School of Business at Concordia University, Wisconsin. Thank you so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. Oh, thank you, Andy and Sarah. We'll have to have you back, guys. I have like five hours more of questions. So many more things. (laughs) (laughs) Coming up in just a little bit, we'll take a look at the September issue of The Lutheran Witness. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth.